Welcome to Dicey Stuff, the podcast about life, because, well, the dicey stuff is the realest stuff of our lives. Come along as Lois examines living as a Christian woman in this modern age. Time to roll. Hello, friends and neighbors. You're listening to Dicey Stuff, the podcast. My name is Lois Manson. It is a heavy time in our nation again. We heard news yesterday about another school shooting, this time in Texas, and there are many students, small children, who have been killed. This morning, they're reporting that at this point, there are 21 dead in that shooting, and our hearts grieve, and our hearts break, and we say, why, Lord? Why does this happen? We seek for comfort. We seek for answers. We seek for some kind of good in the middle of tragedy. And sometimes we seek for a long time and we don't find it because we're troubled. Our spirits are troubled. Our hearts are troubled. Not necessarily even for ourselves. I don't know these people in Texas, but I know that there are many families who this morning are broken and they're trying to process, how can this be? I sent my son or daughter to school yesterday, and they're never coming home again. We're going to talk today about when bad things happen, what our response should be, where God is in the middle of that, why they happen. Before we start, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today with heavy hearts, and with sorrow for the families and the loved ones of the people in Texas who have died. Father, we don't know why, and we ask questions why, but we know that in the middle of this awfulness, you are a good God. We trust your word. And Father, give us hearts that trust your allowances of things that are tragic. We know that you don't will these things to happen, but you allow them to happen. Help us to accept that, Father, and to trust you in the middle of the evil that goes on in this world. Thank you for your goodness to us and your faithfulness to us through Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, now and eternally. What do we do when bad things happen? We say when bad things happen to good people, because there was a book written years ago by that title. But let's examine that for just one second. Are there good people? The scripture says that there is none good. There are none who seek after God. No one is righteous. No, not one. But there are redeemed people. Because of the blood of Jesus, because of the sacrifice of the Son of God, all people have been redeemed. Their sin debt has been paid. The Son of God has shed his blood for them, every person on this planet. God is reconciled to all people. And the apostle writes, you be reconciled to God. There are those who do not know that God has paid their sin debt. There are those who do not believe or understand or trust that God has paid their sin debt. So they feel a distance or they don't believe the word of God. 
And it's not something we can will for ourselves or anyone else. God has to do that work. And that's why we proclaim the word, because the word is what does the work. So there aren't good people on their own. But then we say, well, when bad things happen to bad people, well, that's not, that's not right. Sometimes we have to just stop and say, when bad things happen. It isn't that those people in Texas were any worse than any others. Jesus addresses this in his own words in Luke chapter 13. Some people came to Jesus and told him about a tragedy that had happened. Jesus said, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them? Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Jesus took this opportunity of great tragedy to call people to repentance. The scripture over and over and over again calls people to repentance. The people in Texas who are suffering so tragically this morning are not bad people, worse than any other people in Texas, the United States, the world. They are people, they are sinners, they are redeemed sinners because of the blood of Jesus. Whether they know it or not, whether they trust it or not, God has reconciled them. But our hearts break and we say, why, Lord? We say, how can God let this happen? And then we read something like the book of Job and we say, wait, Job was an upright man and he had tremendous tragedy in his life. We say that there are no good people. There are no righteous people. There are only redeemed people because of Jesus. But Jesus was the good person. He was the good person since the fall of Adam, the only. What happened to Jesus? Did anything bad ever happen to him? Jesus was rejected by his own people. He was put on trial. He was crucified. And he was innocent. He was the good person with capital letters at the beginning of each word. And a very, very bad thing happened to him. This very, very bad thing that happened to Jesus happened for our sake because the love of God worked a plan of salvation for a lost and broken creation. This love that God had for his fallen people, for his fallen world, was so great that God forgives it through the blood of Jesus. Freely and fully, he gives it. He forgives. There was a perception in the biblical times that when someone was suffering, whether it was a physical ailment, if they were disabled, if they had bad financial trouble befall them, that God was punishing them, that God was angry with them. They must have sinned, so God is taking it out on them. No, that's not a truth. If God punished us for our sin, we would be little smoldering heaps of ashes on the ground every 
one of us humans. I'm not talking about bad people like murderers who take guns and shoot small children. That poor, poor soul who was so hopeless and so helpless and so angry, so in despair. We don't know why. I don't know why. I haven't seen a lot of news coverage on this yet, but God loved him so much. And God hurts in our despair and tragedy and suffering. God feels our pain. So what does Jesus say in the face of tragedy to do? Repent, turn away from sin, examine yourself. Where are you? What are you trusting in? Repentance has two parts, sorrow for sin and trust in the gospel. And those two parts can never be separated. If we're completely sorry for sin and that's all, without trust in the gospel, then we're in despair and we're lost. If we trust in the gospel and have no sorrow over sin, then we're rejecting the need for a savior. We don't even understand that we need it. We need both. We need repentance, which is sorrow over sin, and faith. We need both mingled together at the same time. So what do we do in tragedy? We repent and we love our neighbor. We reach out to the people in Texas, even though we live a long ways away. We pray for them. We trust that the people in their community are reaching out to them. We talked about Job for a second. Job's friends came to him and sat in silence for seven days. May we sit with our friends in sorrow, in their tragedies. Sometimes we don't know what to say, and that's okay. Job's friends opened their mouths, and then they started, you know, making mistakes. But when they sat in silence with Job, they were there for him and comforting him. Reach out with meals. Reach out with practical things like house cleaning. And let me bring you some paper goods. Let me bring you music. Let me watch some kids. Let me organize something for you, like let me help you with the funeral service, or run around and pick up programs, or drop music off for musicians or people who are going to contribute to the service in some way. Be there. Reach out. And don't expect the person who is in the middle of tragedy and suffering to make a whole lot of sense, and that's okay. Be there with open ears and open arms and open hearts and just love your neighbor. Point always to Jesus, even in the middle of this tragedy and suffering. God knows, God cares, God feels. That faith that we trust in always works love to our neighbor. The scripture says that the one who's loved his neighbor has fulfilled the law. That's what God requires of us, not as a benefit toward our salvation, but as a result of God's goodness to us. When we live in this place of disaster striking, tragedy happening, we live with hope. We do not grieve as those who have no hope. We have hope to see our loved ones again. We have a hope for heaven and eternal life where there is no more tragedy where there is no more suffering, where there are no more tears. 
So instead of saying, when bad things happen to good people, which is not right, or when bad things happen to bad people, which is not right, we say, when bad things happen, what do we do? We throw ourselves once more on the mercy of God, on the love of God. We trust that he is with us in our affliction and our suffering and our disaster and our tragedy. We understand that the things that happen in this world happen because this world is broken. It's not operating correctly and properly, and we can't fix it. Because of the fall of Adam and this whole planet being under a curse, we can love our neighbor, we can try to avert disaster, we can live carefully and graciously and with hope in this world, but we can't fix death. We can't make it go away. But there is one who has fixed death. There is one who has killed death and defeated death, and that is our Lord Jesus. He brings us hope. He brings us assurance. He brings us surety in the middle of disaster and catastrophe and tragedy. Job told his wife when she said, why don't you just curse God and die? He said, should we accept good things from the hand of the Lord and not evil things? We know that God does not will these things to happen, but he allows them to happen in this broken world. And it's always for our repentance. It always draws us to him. It turns us again and turns us again and turns us again because we are like tractor tires in a rut. And we want to just fall back into the rut of our own thoughts and our own ways and our own perceptions and our own way of saving ourselves, our own good works. We start to think we're pretty high and mighty. We start to think we're really not so bad. We start to think, well, I'm not as bad as that person, at least. I don't take a gun and shoot small children in a school. God, forgive us and turn us from ourselves and our own navel-gazing and our own idolatry of our own selves and turn us to our neighbor. Turn us to Jesus. Turn us to love and care and compassion for our neighbor, to practical deeds of neighborly help, mostly to hope and trust, because we have a life beyond this one that is better and bigger, that is perfect, that is endless, that is tearless, that is tragedy-less, that is disaster-less. We trust in a God who is gracious and who is full of compassion and full of mercy. When David was seized by the Philistines, he wrote a psalm. He wrote a psalm of trust in God. I'd like to read that for you today, Psalm 56, verses 3 through 11. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? All day long they injure my cause. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife. They lurk 
They watch my steps as they have waited for my life. For their crime will they escape. In wrath cast down the peoples, O God. You have kept count of my tossings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know, that God is for me. In God, whose word I praise, in the Lord, whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Man can do awful things. Humans can do awful things to their neighbors. But yet we are not afraid. The 23rd Psalm says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So in the middle of tragedy, we turn again. As Jesus said, repent, be sorry for sin, and trust in the good, good gospel. That's all we can do. We don't have answers as to why. We don't know why some people have terrible, terrible tragedies in their lives. We leave those questions with our God who has good for us, who is for us. We trust that God is counting the tossings on our bed at night when we cannot sleep and we're rolling and tossing and turning. We trust that our good God is counting our tears and collecting them in a bottle, that our prayers and our sighs for our neighbor are being stored in golden vessels. Two times in that Psalm 56, it says, In God, whose word I praise. In the Lord, whose word I praise. In God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? What can humans do to me? Even if they take my life. Even if they take the life of my dearest loved ones. My heart breaks for those people in Texas. My heart cries for those people in Texas. Oh, God, be near them. Comfort them. Give them your peace, your strength to go on for one more minute. Give them neighbors who love them and care for them and do for them and help them and sit with them in silence. Open their arms and hug them. Give them tissue to wipe their tears. Bring them meals and flowers and cards and remembrances and tell the stories of the loved ones. Remember the good times. Remember the silly times. Remember the sad times. Oh, Father, comfort and be near and draw hearts to you. Let this tragedy turn people to you in repentance, in sorrow over sin, 
and in faith toward you, in fervent love toward our neighbors. Without your grace, Father, we are lost. Without your help, but you are for us. We know because of the word you have given us that you are for us. In Christ, you are for us in life, in death. You give us your word. You give us your promises that you always keep. You give us your body and your blood. Help us, Father. Help us to trust when flesh does terrible things to other people, when humans do terrible things. Help us and give us peace, peace and comfort and strength and courage. For Jesus' sake, amen. God's peace be with you today. Please, please remember those in Texas in prayer. Their hearts are breaking. Oh, hey, DSPS. There's a hymn that we sing in times of tragedy. The words are written by Frank Grafe in 1901. Sometimes we cannot sing. The song, Does Jesus Care? But our hearts feel this pain. I'd like to read that for you today. Does Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply for mirth and song? As the burdens press and the cares distress and the way grows weary and long? Does Jesus care when my way is dark with a nameless dread and fear? As the daylight fades into deep night shades, does he care enough to be near? Does Jesus care when I've tried and failed to resist some temptation strong, when from my deep grief I find no relief, though my tears flow all the night long? Does Jesus care when I've said goodbye to the dearest on earth to me? And my sad heart aches till it nearly breaks. Is it aught to him? Does he see? Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. Oh, yes, he cares. Oh, yes, he cares. May we trust and hope in the Savior who cares. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dicey Stuff, the podcast where Lois talks about this big dicey adventure called life. You're welcome to send your comments and feedback to DiceyStuffPodcast at gmail.com. Please, if you would, subscribe and share. Until next time, roll on, friends.